Hello and welcome to episode 81 of Start the Beat with Sykes. I am Sykes and this is my podcast. Now before we get started, I just wanted to take a quick moment to thank everyone who checked out last week's episode with Melody Joy, aka Lexa Terrestrial, MC, visual artist, other things, awesome person. If you are one of the people who checked out that conversation, I hope you enjoyed it, and thanks so much for coming back. But for those of you out there who are new to the show, welcome. Please feel free to make yourselves at home, and as always, there's beer and soda in the fridge, and hopefully some fucking medicine in the cabinet, because I don't know if you could tell by listening to my voice, but I'm talking out loud for the first time today, and I am sick, and I feel awful. But we got to get through this. My friend Matt Gondek is on the show today. And for those of you who don't know Matt, he is a visual artist, a painter, does a lot of stuff with pop art, pop culture, graphic design. Uh, He's done a whole bunch of different things. And we're going to get into that whole spiel through the, the conversation if you aren't already familiar with his work. There's going to be some links in the description. Check it out. It's pretty cool stuff. He's from Pittsburgh. He lives in L.A. now. And we're going to talk about the whole process of how he was playing in bands and got into doing art and, you know, how he found his way and how he is making a life for himself on the West Coast as an artist. You know, that's kind of a, that's a thing. A lot of people try to do it. This guy's fucking doing it, and we're going to talk about it. So yeah, before we get into all that shit, if you are new to the show and new to me in general, you can find me on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, all at The Real Sykes. If you are on Facebook and you want to like the podcast, there's a podcast page on Facebook. Just type in Start the Beat with Sykes. If you're not already on iTunes, but like listening to your podcasts on iTunes, I am on iTunes. You can find me. Just type in Start the Beat. And last, but certainly not least, Start the Beat is part of the Epicast family, which you can learn all about at epicastnetwork.com. I think that's enough talking about me. Let's get into my conversation with artist. Matt Gondek. Sit back, relax, and let's start the motherfucking beat! So you're like you're a guy that knows people, right? I know people. You here. do stuff. You yeah, do I do things. a lot of stuff. Art stuff. Mainly Other, art stuff. You and the art stuff. I follow but, Slipknot around on yeah. tour, <laughs> and uh, I'm trying to get a Rammstein band off the ground. But yeah, I, I, you know, I'm gonna, I'll try to bring that back for you. Thanks. Are we doing an interview right now? Yeah, it's starting. Yeah. Oh, good. Okay. We're good. What a what a great uh, transition into <laughs> us doing this. You're good at this. I mean, we've just been bullshitting about Rammstein and Slipknot and Corn. We sure the have. Return of the Dreads tour. They're all coming back. Did well, you ever wish you had dreadlocks? No. Were you ever like a new metal kid? No. I was like a punk rock kid. Punk rock kid? Yeah. Okay. I was like a fat... Like a crust punk kid or like mall punk kid? Like like, like mall punk. Yeah, like... Yeah, like I grew up in the, the country, like uh, maybe like two hours outside of Pittsburgh. So all I knew was like the Rammstein, Slipknot stuff. And then I went to college and found punk existed. Uh, so I was really into that, like Balancing Souls, Less okay. and Jake and stuff. I was really into Newfound Glory when they came out. Uh, then I then like uh, then I was in a bunch of punk bands, like all through my twenties. Oh, you were in bands. I was in a ton of bands. I didn't dude. know that you did music stuff. So yeah. hey, we're learning. They're all, we're learning they about were each all other. Punk bands, dude. Uh, okay. I was a singer of a punk band. I was a bassist in another one, and then the, the last band we dressed up like Mexican uh, luchadors. Oh. And I started out playing drums in that band. Then I played the guitar, but like we would play and. 
like we had villains kind of like what the aquabats do where like the villains come up and like we had a guy in the band who just hung out and like fought the villains and like gave out treats to the people watching us so i did that for like a really long time and then i one day i had a nine to five job i had the band and i had my art career and had to cut one of them loose and i cut the band loose okay and everyone was super pissed at me understandably but uh i haven't picked up my guitars in like fuck like seven years maybe but uh, yeah. So, and then yeah, that that that's that. So that's, I know I, I can relate to that because there was a long time where I was doing a lot of art stuff and music stuff, and I kind of did the opposite of you. Whereas I backed off from doing so much art stuff and got more into just doing music stuff. Yeah. So I was doing like a ton of art stuff for myself and for other bands. On top of me, like recording other bands and recording rappers and doing all this shit, and it just like. It was cool making that little bit of extra money, but I felt like I needed to take a step back and just focus on myself. Yeah. And push that's, that, you know? That's 100%. And I feel like everyone in like our kind of line of life where we we do all these these things and like we don't want to have like a regular job. Like I feel like we, we're all scared, so we're just grasping every straw we can find. Like like you just said, you do this and you do this and you do this and you do this. And I did all that for like a long time. And uh, for me personally... Uh, so just like a little bit of background, I used to have a nine to five job in a call center. And, uh, while I did that, I lived with my two friends in, uh, like here in Pittsburgh and we went to New Jersey to see a bunch of bands play. And while we were there, my roommate was talking to one of the bands and said, Hey, if you're ever in Pittsburgh and you need a place to stay, you're more than welcome to crash at our house. So like two years go by and the band calls up my roommate and says, Hey, we're here. Can we stay? And my roommate at the time, Tim's like, yeah, of course. So the band comes and like, we're all like watching TV and playing God of War or something. And I had like a big stack of drawings and he's like, these are really good. Have you ever done band t-shirts? And I lied to him. I was like, yeah, all the time. So he's like, oh, cool. Could you make us a couple band t-shirts? And I was like, this, this band was called the Devil Wears Prada. They're from uh, okay. Ohio. Yeah. And I was like, yeah, man, this is great. So like I got, I was drawing and I was like making like 50 bucks to draw something. And that's like the first time I really did that. And through just sheer fucking luck, like, Right after I started working with them, they got signed to like some big metal label and the shirts I made for them were in Hot Topic. So, I mean, I'm like 24, 25 at the time and like, that was a huge fucking deal for me, man. Oh, like sure. Something yeah, I that's... drew was in like malls, right? So like I used that to like really push what I was doing. So, I mean, I worked at this call center like all day and then I come home at like five or six and like I'd work till like two in the morning. And I did this for like, like five years until like I was building my name up in like the merchandising business. And, um... You know, I eventually met someone, like my my now wife, and she's like, you should just quit your job. And I was so fucking afraid. And she's like, you're doing too much stuff. You need to. And this by this point, I've already quit the band I told you about. And she's like, you're doing too much. Like, if you want to be an artist, you got to just be an artist and you got to stop working nine to five because you're wasting time. So I quit and I was really scared. I was for like a year. I was just scared. Like I was making nothing and like I didn't have health insurance anymore. Like I didn't have anything. You know, I would like sit like, okay, I can probably spend 30 bucks this week on food. Like I was, didn't make any fucking money. Yeah. And, um, you know, just for me doing it for, and I kept doing it and I kept doing it and I kept doing it, you know, and then I opened a store and, you know, that fell through, but it made me realize like, I shouldn't do this. I just need to be an artist. I need to focus on one thing. What was the store? It's called the Frown Crown. It was in Lawrenceville, which is like a clothing boutique. Okay. Uh, like I, I used to make like a lot of like t-shirts. And I, so the, the store sold that shit. And like, also my friends had clothing brands. It was just like, it was just a store and I, I, gotcha. I, I hated it. Like from day one, I hated it. Cause I didn't like to deal with that stuff. So the store, on my 30th birthday, I opened the store and it was open for a year. It failed miserably. Cause I really didn't put my heart into it. And then I kind of just rode my bike around for like three months after that. Cause I didn't know what I, I felt lost. <laughs> sure. Cause I was like, I did the banty shirt stuff for a long time. And by then like the, the the style I was doing, it wasn't really good artwork, but it worked for like the, the time and the scene of the music and it was dying off. So I wasn't getting a lot of work anymore. So, you know, like I said, I didn't have the store, the, the band merchandising was kind of growing out of it. I didn't know what to do. And I was just like really depressed, you know, not to be sad or anything, but I, I literally didn't know what to do. So I just started painting and uh, I had all these drawings of Mickey Mouse. Like he was melting and he was blowing up and like he was getting stabbed and like, I don't know. I can't remember why I had them. I was I was trying to think of a t-shirt idea. And I just wanted to paint something. So I painted one of the Mickey Mouse that I did. And it was him with his head blowing up. 
so I did that and like, it was nice. It was like nice to just do something. Like I worked digitally for so many years, like, you know, on the computer and it was nice to actually sit down and have the tools in front of me and physically pick them up and manipulate the canvas and pick the canvas up and flip it upside down. Oh yeah, definitely. And, and then when I was done, I could hand it to somebody like for the first time in like a really long time, I was making a tangible product and I really liked that about it. And it was just relaxing. So I did the Mickey Mouse painting, you know, and I had fun. And then I did a Mr. T painting. And then I then I did a Beavis painting. Then I did a Butthead. And then I did a Garfield. And I just kept going with it. And, uh, you know, I've been lucky that the stuff that I do has gotten a lot of traction. Like, the last year and a half, uh, my career just went from doing something to get by to, like, I'm, like, doing really well now. And I'm getting a lot of opportunities. And granted, I live in California now. I'm sure... 70% of that is because I'm there now where it's a lot easier. There's more opportunities out there, you know? Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, it just like the, at the end of the day, it's even from the day one, when I quit my job to be an artist, like, you know, you just got to kind of say, fuck it. And you got to do what you want to do. And it's going to suck really bad when you start, but you'll figure it out. You know, we all, we all, we all have something in us and we can all figure it out if we try hard enough. And I just, I'm one of the people that tried hard enough. Yeah. I'm one of a, fucking billion people that, that are doing this. You yeah. Know? I have a, I have a thing that I like to tell to people and it's like, it's always like there's people without legs in the Olympics. So it's yeah. like, if you give a sh- enough of a shit, you <laughs> can make right. it happen. That's right. It's exactly right, dude. <laughs> We're in a fucking house full of people who are doing exactly what I'm doing. Like I'm sitting uh, in another artist's room right now, Brian Ganella. He, he, he lives here in Pittsburgh. He's a painter. If you do know me before you listen to this, you probably know Brian, but if you don't, Brian Ganella is boring on Instagram. And another guy lives here, Dave Watt, who does graphic design. And he's in like a million bands here. Like, there's a million creative people out there. And, you know, it's nice to see people who just said fuck it and actually doing it and pursuing it, you know. And it's not easy. And it's not always, like, you don't always make a ton of money. But, like, it's a better life than working downtown in some, like, tech job. And oh, yeah, fuck that going and having drinks with a bunch of idiots you don't like every every Friday. You know, it's just it's not really a good life, man. Like, I don't know. I got you. So I was super intrigued kind of just backstepping a couple paces okay. when you were talking about moving from digital to physical yeah. painting. So were you doing any, like, physical painting prior to this, or was it mainly digital stuff? Uh, right after I graduated, I went to a tech school for web design, and after I left i painted like a little bit kind of like how you'd watch uh breaking bad you like it but you're not really an expert okay i just did a little bit so so really when i started painting i had like zero talent i didn't know what the hell to do i didn't know how to mix paints i didn't realize like you couldn't put a dark color background and then try to put light over it yeah yeah yeah. like i had to learn from scratch every little step of the way i really didn't have any skills okay that's understood because i um i kind of like I started in art all doing physical stuff. I mean, I was starting drawing when I was like, you know, like seven, eight years old and I'm 30. So like there wasn't even like, I had like Microsoft Paint back then. It wasn't like digital art (laughs) wasn't really quite a thing at the moment. Yeah. But then as I got older, I got a computer and kind of like, well, my art back again, my art thing kind of started with drawing and painting. And then I got super into graffiti. And I did that from like eighth grade up until my senior year of high school. Gotcha. And then I was kind of like, well, I kind of don't want to do this anymore because I started getting into music and like the politics of graffiti is like a whole nother conversation. Yeah. I, just, I didn't care. Like I liked doing the art. I didn't care about social status of yeah. having my name around. I just like, it was like the weird nerd just trying to do something under a bridge somewhere for like gotcha. four hours. It was yeah. like mailbox name scribble guy. Yeah. Anyways, uh, when I started getting into doing stuff for my bands, it became easy to do stuff digitally. Of course. And now it's like, fuck. Like it, and then I eventually got sick of that. And now I still do stuff for my bands, but I want to try so hard to get back into painting again, like physical stuff. But I'm like, my inspiration is like, I don't even know what to paint. It's like, I want to do it, but I don't know what I want to do. A lot of people say that kind of stuff. You it's know, like, it's like, if you want to do something, just do it. Yeah. You, know, you don't know what to paint. So just paint anything. Yeah. Just fucking do it. That's where like I'm at right now. Like just recently, I just moved into a new house at the end of October, uh-huh. and I have like this really nice space that I want to do art stuff in. That's like kind of like trying to force myself to get back into actually painting. Gotcha, gotcha. You know, do you ever miss doing music stuff? 
No, I don't. I'm really, <laughs> I'm really fulfilled with arts. I really, yeah. I've loved arts since I was a kid. I honestly think I picked up music to try to get girls in like my twenties and be okay. the cool guy. Sure. So you know, it was, it was a phase for me. I'm not even like to this day. Like I really don't listen to a lot of music. Like if I do listen to something, it's a lot of podcasts. You listen to Rammstein. Rammstein. Obviously, and I listen to Rammstein and Slipknot. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what I mean. Like I, there's there's very few bands like I actively follow when they have something new come out. But, you know, I was never really a music guy. Yeah, I think that's the thing. It was like my first love was music, you know? But I grew up in an apartment building, didn't have a lot of money. And, like, getting an instrument for me when I was a kid was just never feasible. Yeah. So, like, I stumbled into art because, you know, pencil and paper, it's super easy to get into that. But then once I got older and I got a job and I started, like, I want to do music. And, like, I found a way to do it from... Gotcha. To do it myself as I got older. Yeah, and yeah. It became the thing that I wanted to do course you for know? sure dude yeah so now you know you said you're living in california now yeah and you're doing a bunch of art stuff um what like took you to california was it anything in particular or was it just like a this is a uh like a leap of faith or did you have like connections out there uh i want to live in Cal- in california since i was a little kid okay. like uh my mom has this book from like when i was eight it was basically a big glorified birthday card where the kid writes down what they want to be what they want to do and it was when I had I had it when I was eight, and uh, I drew me standing with a girl holding hands, and it said California. I I, <laughs> I want to be an artist in California. Do you still since have I was that a, drawing? Yeah, I do. That's awesome. Uh, my wife and I we've been married now for like two and a half years. We you know she she lived in Colorado for a little bit. She was married before me, moved back here, and uh, we you know we both, we just hit it off really well. And so it was like everything's kind of easy for us as far as like our relationship. We're very similar. But uh, we neither of us wanted to stay here. You know, we both, and it's not because we don't love Pittsburgh. It just we wanted to see more, and uh, we decided to wait till after we got married and then move. And that's exactly what we did. Um, I wanted to live in California, but you know, I can live anywhere because of what I do. But my wife, she has a nine to five job, so we kind of got lucky. Like we almost ended up living in Seattle. Okay. She had a, she found a job there, and she actually had like two or three interviews. And I wasn't like 100% about Seattle, but I was, I did want to move. So I was like, all right, good compromise. Yeah. Just by sheer coincidence, like luck, she found a job in Los Angeles. So uh, we moved there about a year and a half ago. And uh, it was a fucking nightmare when we moved there first because we don't know anybody there. Yeah. Well, it was like the culture shock isn't the word for it, but just like Everything's- the social shock of just like moving into somewhere so drastically different. Everything is different, man. Like, uh, like I'm from Pittsburgh, and you know, the if you if you're in a band and you're like a metal guy or you're an artist, within a year you know all the artists, you know all the metal guys, right? Yeah, it's a very yeah. tight knit community. We all like we're friends, and um, and it's white and it's black here, and that's it. And and I mean, to an extent, you know, but whatever. The moving to California, like, uh. You you'll never know all the artists. You'll never know all the metal bands. And the artists you do know, you're kind of you're kind of like in competition with one. Another. Yeah, that's what I was gonna ask. Is like like you uh, you mentioned graffiti earlier. There's like a whole like dynamic. I don't. That's probably not the right word. There's a whole. I can't think of the word. It's like I I've been doing murals out there. I don't. I've never been a graffiti artist. I've never went tagging or wrote my name. Like yeah. If I do a mural, it's because someone hires me to go paint something. I try to do to the best of my ability on a wall. Just last month, uh, I got asked to go paint a mural in Compton, California. Uh, it's a giant out. It's like an indoor flea market area. The whole building is covered in art. And I get there, and the guys, the guy in charge, is like, "Okay, this is your wall. Uh, here's here's the buff paint. Just go to town, buff it out, do your work." So me and my boy Justo were doing this. You know, we're like, I, we thought I thought we did a really nice job. So I'm posting up on Instagram. I find out that like the thing I buffed was done last week by three artists. I just buffed a piece. Uh, basically, it's like 30 by 40 foot piece that three artists did a week before me. And I find out by them yelling me on Instagram. And I'm like, holy shit. Oh my God. Like, I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm kind of a pussy. I don't ever do anything purposely to make people upset or mad. And I was like, oh my God. I'm so sorry. I had no idea. And like these people, you motherfucker. I'm like, I'm so, you have to believe me. I didn't know. I'm so sorry. Yeah. Like I was but, told like this was really old artwork and like they, they were, they were doing, redoing the whole building. I felt so bad. But like, just for example, when I first moved there, I lived in Koreatown and going back where I said, well, in Pittsburgh, it's white and black in Los Angeles. It's everybody. And I lived in Koreatown and I was, 
you learn it was it's i'm not when you're in pittsburgh it's like you see everyone and you'll you look alike i don't know you guess you the word is you get comfortable but in koreatown no one was white but me and my wife you know and like it was a big culture shock like the buildings there are in korean and i have these stickers i put up everywhere and here when i put them in pittsburgh there they are They'd be gone in a fucking day and replaced with this other dude who just rips my shit down. Because, like, I'm not from there, and I get it. I'm not from there. I don't deserve to put my so, shit So, like, up. you feel like your art, like, like your guerrilla style of promotion is, like, kind of, like, competing against these graffiti artists that maybe, yeah, like, see you as, like, not necessarily a, de- a designer just trying to put your stuff that's out there? One, that's 110% what it is. Like, yeah. I'm trying to inj- interject myself into a world I don't belong in. Where here, it was like, I'm an artist. I hear some art for you guys. It's a sticker. Where there, it's like, no, no, no. You you don't write. You don't get to put a sticker up. <laughs> you know, and it, it was, it took, you know, I was, I was kind of upset about it at first. Because it's like, it's, oh, you're being rude. Don't rip my stuff. I'm like, I get it. I, I'm the I'm the one in the wrong here. Well, like, dude, I, I mean, like, know? even Pittsburgh's like that. I, um, there was a while ago, like, the in the tail end of me doing art stuff, I like did some just like YouTube uh, videos I put up where it was like time lapse painting, uh-huh. and I did a, a time lapse painting video in a bedroom with it was me and this other like active graffiti writer who I knew just through mutual friends. We painted my friend's room. I was like, hey, let's throw up some cameras and tape it. So we did it, put it up on YouTube, and then he put it up on some like a graffiti forum thing. Oh, and then like all of these comments started coming in like. You know, from people just like being upset at us doing this. Yeah. That we were creating art. Just yeah. mad that we were making art. Posers. Like, yeah, I get and it. And it's just like, you know, like graffiti isn't art. I should come there, beat your ass, take your pain. I'm just like, whatever. Like, in retrospect, I'm like, it's probably like some like 15 year old kid that's commenting yeah, on but my YouTube videos, but it's still like, that is super the culture. disheartening. It's the culture. Yeah. 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 I mean, that's, it is what it is, man. I really, I, I don't have any. I don't deserve to comment on it because I, I'm not a part of that culture. And I don't yeah. know. I don't know jack shit about it. Yeah. You know, but it's always, it, I feel like I am, you know, looking out, looking in from out, you know, it's uh, my, the thing that I feel like I can make a little bit of a comment on this. It's like what I've come to know from like graffiti writers is that either they're 15, 16 years old mm-hmm. and you know, they're just young kids that are just causing trouble or they're like, 30 35 year old dudes that should really be doing something better well honestly <laughs> than, man, like starting beef I don't but know. it's like if you grow up around that then you know how are you to argue it you know i thought i felt that same way you know living in california there's career graffiti writers out there yeah i you mean know, that, i'm talking from like a pittsburgh perspective oh, i'm I sure get that. Like, yeah and i get what you're saying <laughs> got a dog here with a her yeah, little ball a, yeah like i don't have a problem with graffiti writers at all no, yeah, I get the, what you're not saying. Not the age thing, but it's like the beef thing with it. Like, yeah, the ter- yeah. Like the gang mentality behind it is something I just never understood. Well, there's, there's, it's, it's basically it's, it's territory. And I have another, yeah. I have another good graffiti story. Um, it's territory, man. Like, if you, if you and we don't have to use the word gang or barely, barely don't have to use the word crew. If you and your best friends you grew up with your entire life, live in a neighborhood, and you guys just like to paint, and you've been painting your neighborhood for 12, 15 years, and yeah, then I yeah, come yeah. in and I paint on your wall, like. Of course, you'd be like, no, like who no, the fuck is this? You know, yeah. to be as nice as I can, like the, me, this is my friends and I's wall. You don't belong here. You know, that's what they're doing. Uh, last summer, uh, my friend Justo and I we painted a box truck in Koreatown. He did a side, I did a side. I did a pink panther melting with like some palm trees in the background and black black sky. A crew completely went over the entire thing. Uh, same color scheme kept the background and kept one of my palm trees is just kind of like a little fuck you to me and i'm just like fuck man it's, i can't do shit about this a it's a crew they'll, they'll jump me uh-huh. b i shouldn't have been doing that you know it's like it is what it is man like i don't know i'm just like a i'm just a, a fan of graffiti i don't even know why we're talking about graffiti i don't even do graffiti but <laughs> it's 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 a really interesting culture i've always loved it like growing up like i feel like my two biggest influences by my art style now uh not graffiti like tagging, but like the the big nice pieces with the, the that, balloony lettering. Yeah, that's colors. what I was into. That was like yeah. my a huge art inspiration for me as well. Yeah, yeah. And pop culture stuff. Some other obvious uh, inspiration, like cartoons and all that shit. Obviously, that's all I paint. But yeah, 
That makes sense. Mm-hmm. Seeing your stuff. Because Rammstein. Kind of, yeah, and Rammstein. Yeah. Have you thought about doing exploding Rammstein members? No, I don't see the point. <laughs> They're already exploding. Yeah, they are. In one way or another. Yeah. Have I've you seen seen Rammstein live? No, I don't really see a lot of bands, man. Oh, yeah, that's right. We talked about yeah, that. Yeah, I've never seen Rammstein. I, I've seen... The band I've seen the most probably in life was either Green Day or The Bouncing Souls. I've seen those equally about five times each. <laughs> but uh, I honestly can't tell you. The last time I saw a band, uh, Brian Ganella, whose room we're sitting in, I went last summer to Burgerama and we saw like Fiddler and like Weezer, yeah, Bone Thugs and Harmony, uh, Ty Siegel, Ty Siegel, Panther. The I don't remember their names. Steel Panther. No. You want? Do you want to comment on the show a little bit? Tell the, the I can tell the Fiddler story. This is Brian. Hi, I'm Brian Ganella. I'm an artist in Pittsburgh and a friend of Matt's. I picked him up at the airport. Uh, we went to Burgerama last March and I was really into the band Fiddler and Matt was too, but he had never seen them live. So we were both really excited to see them live and, uh, they have a reputation, especially when they play in California for being like, you know, particularly crazy. They get the crowd real riled up and a lot of antics go down. Um, literally about, I don't know, a second into the first song, the the stage just got bum rushed. Like thousands of kids just and me and Matt were like instantly separated, like carried off in like two different directions by crowds of people. I don't know what happened to you. Crowds of teens. Angry, angry little <laughs> punk teens. Oh, and like some of them had skateboards and shit. Uh I ended up drifting over to the front of the house, which was like a little bit outside, and I just kinda climbed up on the scaffolding and like chilled there for a little bit and like just surveyed the scene. Uh and there was like five circle pits that I could see. Uh, people were like openly smoking weed and meth. Like it was just big Jesus clouds of smoke were just going up all over. It was like a nonstop like production line of crowd surfing. Like it was just like one after the other on the stage, off on the stage, off. And it, it was just it didn't stop. It went on like that for the whole set. So that was pretty wild. Good for them. Yeah. Shit. Do you remember when that robot tried to make it to the front of the stage? <laughs> there was this dude at Burgerama walking around with on stilts dressed as a robot. Um, and uh, the guys at Fiddler thought it would be funny if they could try to get him on stage. So this guy like made it like halfway through that crazy ass crowd before I think he like fell over or gave up or something. But he, he had courage, man. Like, he really went the distance. Fuck. That sounds like that would have been a blast. That's a band that I've never listened to, and I've heard, like, a billion people, like, say good things about them. I should probably check them out sometime. Yeah, I mean, they're 100. They played here, like, last year, I think. Yeah, we played with them. A band I was in oh, and yeah? with Buddy, the guy who yeah. drums for your rap project. Uh, he, he We were in a band called Chud Missile, and we played with them. And the Orwells at uh, Smiling Moose. And it was fucking hot as shit. Like, sweat was like... Was it crazy? Was there any robots there? No, there's no robots there. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know if uh, our, the Pittsburgh chapter of robots got the memo for the show. Yeah. <laughs> so you, you the guy out. Somebody should have called up CMU and there was like some robots there. Yeah. It was an <laughs> oven, man. Like, I remember sweat was like evaporating, going into the air, and then condensing again on the pipes and just like raining down on us. Uh-huh. It was gross. <laughs> i don't i think i don't think fiddler will ever play a a calm show i think that's just their thing they're all they're like one like kiss like 100 percent alive band you know that's awesome yeah yeah i should definitely check them out i like bands that go wild live they do they do go ape shit as the expression goes. should definitely check that out yeah so matt I was thinking about, like, so you're doing all this, like, pop culture influence stuff right now. Yeah. Um, Do you do any stuff, like, outside of that that you've been working on? Maybe just, like, any other ideas and things that you're just kind of, like, picking your brain about other things that you're working on? Uh, No, and here's why. (laughs) So going back to, like, the very beginning of this conversation, uh, I used to have a clothing brand, own a store, do graphic design, try to be in a band. And uh, once my store failed and I rode, around, rode my bike around for three months, I realized I just wanted to do one thing and do it well. So uh, I decided to paint pop culture characters exploding. And that's the one thing I do now. Um, I did my own. So that's the thing everyone asked me. Are you ever going to do original ideas? And I did original ideas for like six years, man. Like all the band, when I used to do the band t-shirts, they were all 
illustrations. Like that's, I was never, I was never really like a graphic designer. I was an illustrator and every design was an illustration of something I came up with my own. And, um, it's fine, but right now what I want to do, I'm trying to develop a, a style where even though it's a painting of like Peter Griffin or Homer Simpson, someone will see that, that, that painting and without saying, Oh, that's Matt Groening. They're like, Matt Gondek did that. That's, yeah. that's, that's, that's obviously Matt Gondek. So I think it's kind of fun to take something everyone already knows and put my own spin on it. And also on top of that, what's nice about what I do is uh, I get a lot of people who, who a lot of people who buy my work, they're not even they're not even art admirers. They're just fans of the 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 character, this this thing yeah, that I'm doing. Yeah, yeah, I could see that. And I, uh, it's cool to like to meet people like that because I my my background isn't really fine art and. Living in California, I'm meeting those guys, like these guys who they'll ask me like all these things. I'm I to be honest, man, I'd never even heard of that like art stuff. You know, like, <laughs> like how do you feel about the fine art world? Yeah, you know, so it's nice. It's you know, I get those guys, and I'm starting to get collectors who are buying my work with the intent to resell it someday. Like I sold a piece this week, and I you know I looked into him, and he like he he's a buyer and seller of art, and that's great. I'm glad that I'm getting to that level, but you know, my heart will always be. I'm just. The things I paint, I'm a fan of. Like I, you know, I don't. Feel, I don't think I ever like. I don't really paint things I don't like, and I, I kind of, I want, I want to always do that, you know. And yeah, so that's. Have you had like anybody that anybody tied to any stuff that you've do like, see your work or reach out to you like like hey like I'm Matt Groening from The Simpsons. Oh uh, <laughs> well, actually, or anything. Yeah, like that. something happens like that. It's going to be happening next month, but. I've never met Matt Craney, but like I did a show called the Bootleg Bard Show. Uh, there's a magazine in Paris called uh, B Street. They're kind of like like a juxtapose in Paris, but they just opened up a uh, like a America office, and their first show was Bootleg Bart, and it was all Bart painting Simpsons. So Matt Craney came to that. But uh, next month uh, there's a gallery called the 1988 Gallery, and they do all their art is kind of like what I do, like pop culture stuff. And Bob's Burgers is about to have their hundredth episode, so they're doing oh, it. Cool. They're doing a big Bob's Burgers party with the cast, the animators, and they asked a couple artists to, to have pieces available at the show for purchase. And I was one of the artists, so you know that's that's gonna be cool to like you know paint the characters for the people who voice it and to meet them, you know. So you know it's this is all it's all still really new. Like I've really only started to take off like within the last year and a half, mm-hmm. and these opportunities are starting to present themselves. But um, another thing that you're probably going to ask me this at some point, so I'll just get out of the way. Everyone always asks me, have I ever gotten in trouble for painting Bart Simpson or like whatever? I, w- I didn't think that you probably would have. No, so you I don't. wouldn't have asked. No, you don't. I, I get to ask that a lot. Uh, yeah. It's called a caricature law. Uh, if you didn't ask, I won't get into it. But if you ever wonder <laughs> how I get away with what I do, just Google caricature law. Yeah. <laughs> That's what myself and the other million artists that do what I do get away with what we do. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. It's- now, like, kind of going back a bit to um, working with bands. Okay. And the the headache that that can be. Like, <laughs> having a... You don't seem like you're somebody that does well with, like, hey, like, I have this idea. Can you bring it to life? Like, I'm sure you could do it, but yeah. do you feel like you don't like doing that? Well, you know, I, I did the band stuff, like, five or six years. I mean, I, I, like, it could even... It doesn't even have to necessarily be bands, but just, like, commission work in general. No, I get it. You know, I could tell... I can. I have a really good answer for that. When I first started, I was you know young and dumb, and I had all these ideas, and I wanted someone to hire me just so I could make my own idea. But you know, by the time I was done with working for commercial illustration and bands and whatnot, it got to the point where people would email me, and I they'd be like, "Just do what you want." And I'd be like, "No, what do you want? You tell me." Because by that point, it was just a paycheck, and I was so burnt out, I just didn't care anymore. So that's how I kind of knew, okay, Matt, you got to stop doing this because you're miserable. You know, so. Yes, when I started, I had my own ideas, but by the end, I just, I really just didn't give a shit anymore. Like, the thrill of it was gone. Like, I just wasn't happy doing it anymore. So mm-hmm. I quit. I quit doing it. I haven't designed a band t shirt in a, like, a year and a half, maybe, maybe two years now. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, I still get asked for once in a while, and I politely turn them down. And honest, obviously, if something comes up super cool and the paycheck's nice, I'll do it. I mean, you know, I'm, who isn't a whore for money to some extent? Yeah. But, I mean, you got to put some food on the table. You got to. Yeah stay yeah but uh, uh you know i probably design one shirt graphic maybe every two three months now yeah have you thought about are you like completely done with trying to put your 
art onto clothing and things like that. Have you thought about any of that? I, I don't want to burn the bridge on that, man. Yeah. Like I'm not doing that today. Like I do have like four or five shirts on my, my web store, gondekdraws.com, just because I think they're strong designs and you know, people do ask for shirts, but I don't actively crank out new stuff anymore. But you know, who knows? Maybe in four or five years I'm gonna get sick of painting and just want to sit back and draw my computer. So I don't know. Maybe I'll make more shirts then. But for now I'm really I just don't want to sit at a computer anymore. It's so wild, like the idea of only doing one thing. You know, like, it's it's. I I I am like very, almost like envious, and I get it. But it's like right now, it's like I'm totally not there. I'm just always juggling a billion things, and it's kind of a nightmare. I'll tell you, man. Way. I I was like you till I decided to stop doing it. You're never going to be the point where you don't have to do that. But if you think of everyone in your life that you admire, or like. Maybe your favorite band or your famous favorite artist. Oh, yeah, yeah. That guy doesn't own a taco shop and he doesn't paint and he doesn't own a dog. He fucking paints. Or your favorite band probably just plays in a band. They do one thing, they do it well. And that's that's how you get successful, I think, because people recognize you for this one thing and you do it great. And they know that that's what you're doing every day. You know, like you're not devoting your time to five, six different projects. Mm-hmm. And it's scary as shit. Like when I quit my nine to five to be you know, do art period, scary as shit. A year and a half ago and I quit taking easy money graphic design jobs to paint, scary as shit. But I think that's how you grow and be successful is to focus in on one thing and just do it as goddamn good as you can. Yeah, I guess I just need to figure out what the fuck I want to focus on. <laughs> yeah, you should. <laughs> it's, it's, I have this, I think a, a big issue with me and how I kind of, got myself into the the pickle that I'm in nowadays is that I have a really hard time relying on other people to do stuff. Yeah. And, you know, I kind of went through this thing, like, you know, the first video I ever did as a rapper, somebody, I paid somebody money to make this video and I got it back and I was like, I could have made a better video than that. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to learn how to make videos. Yeah. Yeah. And then like, you know, I had like a couple people do like t-shirts for me and I was like, this doesn't look hard. I'm going to learn how to screen print. Gotcha. And just like, I just like want to be extremely self-sufficient but like learning all of those things takes time and now it's like it does and those things i think those things don't deter from what i said like if you were doing videos for let's say you know if someone doesn't i'm sure that everyone who listens to this knows who you are if you pick sykes you pick gray walker if you're actively printing shirts for sykes and making music videos for sykes and learning how to make you know a fancy record booklet for your new record as Sykes. Those are all things that tie into doing one thing and doing oh, it well. Oh, so like one thing is Sykes. Yeah, yeah you know, yeah. like you know, like I, I I make videos for myself, you know, and I I do all my own promotion. I'm a, I'm super active on Instagram and Twitter. Those are all things that are all feeding into the main engine of me being an artist. You know, like yeah, just you know, that's that's I don't know. That's my advice to anybody listening to this. Just pick one thing and. Do it. I guess. I don't know. Cool. Uh, Want to talk social media for a minute? Let's do it. All right. So I have a really hard time managing like the different social medias. Just okay. Because I feel like it, it caters to different like aesthetics of your personality. And I start 100%. to feel like a bipolar person trying to like manage all these different things. I have a really hard time with like Twitter, for example. Yeah. So I feel like everything that I do is like super visual and like, I, with you as well. So how do you like work on Twitter being like a visual artist? I guess you can post pictures on Twitter, but you can. Really yeah. Yeah. Like- Honestly, my whole social media thing, I'm on, I'm on Instagram, Snapchat, Twitter, and I'm on Facebook. Yeah. I could today, I could wait tomorrow. I could wake up and cut them all away and just, I, I primarily focus on Instagram. Yeah. That's where honestly probably 70% of my, my work comes from is Instagram. So that's the one I treat very professionally. Like all my photos are going to Instagram are very professionally edited. I take actually high def, make them nice. All my posts are checked for spelling errors. I talk very well on Instagram. My direct messages are very well spoken. Your hashtag game is on point. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Facebook Facebook is more for like my friends back home. I have something stupid I want to tell everyone. It's a joke. Twitter, all I do with Twitter is while I'm painting, like I use Twitter to take really unprofessional photos and post them. Like as I'm painting, I'll be like, Work in progress, oh, sure. work in progress, work in progress. Things I would never post on Instagram, but people want to see those. And then Snapchat, I just, whatever the fuck I'm doing. If I'm walking the dogs with my wife, if you know I see a funny picture on a billboard, like it's whatever. So I get what you're saying. I I actively separate them in my brain. Like 
for when I'm working, it's Instagram. When I'm goofing, it's Facebook. You know, when I'm goofing, it's Snapchat. That's that's my answer. You yeah. can't you can't be you can't be on top of the game on all of them. You know what I mean? I yeah, mean, yeah, I yeah. personally can't. No, I the Twitter's the one thing I have a really hard time latching onto. My Twitter account. This is like so fucking boring talking about this, but it's, <laughs> it picked once I started doing the podcast. Mm-hmm. Uh, it became a really good. Uh, way to engage with other podcasters yes through twitter that worked out really well but being like a rapper on twitter eh, not so much not much engagement on that i don't know tell that to tell that to kanye west well yeah <laughs> He's killing well, twitter. well that's the thing is like i'm definitely not the the personality type of a yeah, of yeah, a kanye yeah. west yeah, twitter's hard because you have to always be thinking of of content like v- verbal content it's hard it's if you're a visual person twitter's really hard and if you're making music, I don't know how Twitter works because I have the liberty of posting my painting a thousand times on Twitter. You can't just like, here's a song I wrote. Here's a song I wrote. Here's hey, a- I mean, you could post links to it, but nobody's going to click them. Yeah, yeah. Because a photo, you get instant gratification. You see it. You're done. Uh-huh. It takes a third of a second to see a picture, but you have to physically go to your, your link and listen to your song. Oh. That's a lot of work for some people. It is. I mean, it, it's not that everyone's being rude. It's just like everyone's busy. You got to well, boom, boom, thing. boom. You know, most of the people are checking their Twitter when they're at a red light or yeah. walking down the street. And it's like, they might, somebody might be generally excited. Like, Oh, Hey, Brian put out a new song. Cool. I'm going to put it up in my head to check that out later. Yeah. But yeah. then life happens. Exactly. And you forget, yeah. Yeah. And it just goes away. That's like the one thing that is really awesome about being like doing visual art like you. And I have a, f- uh, a friend that does photography stuff and she's taking off with, crazy and it's Mm -hmm. like it's awesome because like your work it's so much easier to get like a quick engagement out yeah you know of course and another thing to go back on what you just said like let's say you wrote you work on a new song and then once you do the post the post is gone and now you like uh, if you like say for example if you like the show walking dead how do you know the new season starting because for three months before that 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 episode airs you're seeing a commercial three times a day and a lot of people don't do that. Like they they spend six seven months working on a book or like something, and they might tweet about it every once in a while till it's done. Then it comes out and you get the one tweet: "My book's done. Go buy it here." And then you never hear oh, about yeah. it again. And because people think it's rude to do that, like I'm I do that all the time. Like I'll do something and then I'll repost it. Like not immediately, but I'll wait like a couple of weeks. Just hey, don't forget this exists. You can buy a print. You know, like, yeah, you have to, you do. I used to think that it was really, really obnoxious to be that person. And maybe like five years ago it was because everybody wasn't so connected, but now everybody's always posting something. Yeah. Everybody, no Mm -hmm. matter what it is, any bullshit shit post, not even necessarily artists. Yeah. So like you're fighting against like the, like the, a flood of other bullshit. So you have to constantly be like sticking your head out. Yeah. What? And a good way to combat that flood of bullshit is like I said earlier, picking one thing, doing it well. Like, yeah. you know, I, I have a lot of Instagram followers, but cause all my posts are art. And if they're not, there's me making art. They're pictures of me doing it. When you go to my account, you never know what I ate last night. You never know what my wife wore the next day. You never know. Uh-huh. I post my fucking art 95% of the time, you know, and that's, people can see that and they, they know that's what I'm doing. Like I see artists or like musicians, they'll, post a picture of spaghetti dinner, then a picture of them playing at a show. Then they're at a bar with their friends. Then their friends drunk on the floor. No one gives a shit about that stuff, but your close friends. And if you're trying to run an Instagram account as a business, and if you're an artist, you're a musician, we're all businessmen. If you're running a business, don't, don't, don't put your spaghetti dinner on your business. Cause no yeah. one gives a shit. Yeah. That's the hard thing with, uh, the entity of Sykes uh-huh. and me. It's like my, like my Instagram account, it works as the account for Sykes and it's like a personal account. So it's like Why? a mixture of all that <laughs> That's stuff. too much, man. Um, you know, I honestly, it works okay for me. Yeah. I don't know. I think that uh, it just it works fine, it seems. Cool. I haven't had too much of an issue with it, you know. Mm-hmm. There's obviously things I'll like post and I'm like, okay, this isn't like, this is not necessarily for Sykes at all. But I think that the friends and fan base that I have engage with it. I think it also depends on like what your art is. There's I like, got you. Yeah. You that know? makes sense. Cause yeah. I'm like a, 
goofy keeping it real kind of rapper so like you know gotcha here's a taco oh cool you know <laughs> okay i got you i think that you could probably post a picture of a taco too have you ever thought about doing food exploding i have yes i was just thinking of like a taco exploding that'd probably be pretty sick well i wasn't exploding <laughs> but i just started thinking about painting food yeah with like skulls inside like like if, oh, a, if an apple was blowing apart but there's a skull inside the apple that kind of shit. Yeah. Like in the back of my mind, I realize that someday I'm going to get really sick of painting Bugs Bunny and I'm going to have to do something else. Well, that's the thing is, I, yeah, I definitely think that no matter what you're doing, your lifespan's going to outlive your interest in what you're doing. Of course. Yeah. So that's, yeah. maybe yeah. food would be a good maybe thing. Maybe food yeah. will be. You see in five years, I'll be just doing food. Who knows? We'll see. Hey, you know, everybody likes food. Everyone, everyone on earth we does eat need food. It. You're right. That's a good point. Yeah. Fuck, I yeah. mean, there, there's some people that try to say they don't need food, but that's like a whole like other depressing conversation. It really is. Get into. <laughs> Everyone on earth is eating food. Especially if once. you're living in LA, there's probably a good bit of that. Good bit of food? Or a people good bit don't of people eat? Like, yeah, not eating food. Oh my God. There's so... <laughs> that's, LA is such a different machine than Pittsburgh, man. <laughs> yeah, there, yeah, there was a girl on our flight today that like probably... She was, she was taller than me and I'm six foot and she probably weighed 100 pounds total. That's fucking. It's crazy. like, oh my god, how how are you standing up straight? Like at one point, she bent over to get her bag, and just looked like she was just gonna. It looked like, <laughs> like like a Mortal Kombat if all the skin ripped off, just a pile of bones, like like cartoon, like hovering in the air, then they fall real quick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's like she's like a pair of like bones collapsing. I don't know. Yeah, LA is weird, man. There's I'm people sure like you, that. I mean, you probably met all kinds of wild people. Have yeah. you met anybody that like? Oh, I didn't think that was a career. <laughs> uh, i don't know i yeah. th- i think everything can be a career though i don't know yeah, but yeah there's a lot of weird shit out there man like i live in a place called culver city and there's like a yin yang symbol yoga place up the street i don't even know it's like they're just you can do everything you can do anything you want in california as long as you can pay for it it's like all everybody every weird kind of person in the world like wearing the weirdest stuff all the time and we're wearing nothing at all down, walking down the street and no one cares it's so weird there. Like weird I don't really smoke pot at all, but just the fact that you can like smoke pot there in a mall, you're not supposed to like kids are just doing it and you're in a mall and you're smoking pot. Anything goes there. It just doesn't matter. There's just too many people to be to like to police anything there. It's crazy. Yeah, that sounds it's weird. Fun. I've never been to LA. I mean I'm I'll go sometime. It's, it's big and it's I have different. a I have a I have a manager, shout out to Sarah. She lives in LA. That's cute. Where does she live in LA? I don't know exactly actually. Okay. But yeah, so I can't answer your question there. Fair but, enough. Yeah. She uh she works her, her day job is working for the Grammys. Oh, right on. And like I don't know, she does like PR stuff or something. But gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, I don't know. She's cool. Shout outs to her. She's not gonna listen to this, it doesn't matter. I have a story. <laughs> I have a story about what was the big award show that just happened? The Oscars? Yeah. Okay. Uh, I have a friend. His name is Alex. He goes by I'm Huge. He he wheat pace mini me all over Los Angeles. He's probably I think he, I think he's I like don't know. specifically just paints mini me. He does he one wheat, thing. He wheat pace mini me. Yeah. Oh okay. Like, oh wheat pace. Yeah. Gotcha. Okay. Like for the Oscars, he was wheat pacing mini me with like a little tux on holding an Oscar. He also <laughs> does like he does gallery shows, but anyway, he also uh, works uh, as like a caterer. And he worked the 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 party, the after Oscars party, with like fucking Leonardo DiCaprio, Dave Grohl, the the dudes, the, like the, the dudes, yeah, the, the dudes, right? And him and his catering buddies are hanging out like at the bar. And Mark McGrath, you know who Mark McGrath is? Yeah, the Sugar Ray guy, right? Mark McGrath walks over. And he's like, he leans over. He's like, I have no fucking idea why I'm here. And all night long, he just hung out with Mark McGrath. And Mark McGrath, like, there's there's Justin Bieber, and just like being like a super. <laughs> Being like a super cool dude. It made me like, oh shit, Marmor Graph is actually pretty tight. So that's my story. But yeah, that's yeah, that was a cool story. But yeah, Oscar's like a big thing there. Like I know a lot of people that work in the entertainment industry. When I first moved there, my friend, his girlfriend, uh, works on the Bill Maher show. She's his stylist. He she dresses Bill Maher for his show. So we got to go to CBS Studios. I got to spin the wheel, the uh the price is right wheel. Nice. Uh, got to go behind the scenes. Uh, the 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 uh, the the guest that night was Martin Short. So you know, Bill Maher does the show. Martin Short's there. After the show, there's an after party. We get to go to because again, Kelly, our friend, works there. I'm standing beside Bill Maher right here, right? Yeah. 
anyway, before, earlier, and I'm wearing kind of what I have on now. Like, I don't really dress up very nice. I have a ball cap on. I have a T-shirt and just jeans and, like, like fucking Nikes, right? There was a hairdresser or, like, a stylist or a hairdresser. It was a gay dude. And I go to pee at one point, And my wife overhears him, like, look at that fucking asshole over there. Why would he come here dressed like that? And my wife hears him. And he, he looks at my wife and blows her a kiss. So I hear about this. I'm like, fuck. And Becca's like not time or place and like i said before i'm a pussy i'm not gonna do anything about it yeah so so now i'm at the party with martin short and this the fucking guy walks past me and his shoulder checks the shit out of me while i'm talking serious? to some lady yeah like aggressively sh- and i'm like <laughs> this is like the first week i was in los angeles and i'm like oh my god is this what life's gonna be like here <laughs> it was really weird but that's what life's like in la <laughs> everyone everyone's very rude and like just like everyone's out for themselves and you when you first move you're like wow everyone sucks but then you realize you have to do that so in turn you become the worst person too yeah <laughs> it's so different man yeah i could i could totally totally see that yeah it's it's and it's that's like weird. what intimidates me about going out there like i couldn't go out there if i wasn't married like you know like i said we moved out there i didn't know anybody it was just me and my wife and we hung out like we got into minecraft pretty hard when we first moved out there <laughs> And my wife, Becca, she hated living in Koreatown because it was just so much. You know, we actually just moved recently to Culver City, which is like a little more chill. Like we have a yard now. It's like a little more, there's trees. There wasn't trees in Koreatown. So she's actually happy now. And we're starting to meet people. Like I work out of a studio now and there's some other dudes that work there. Is it like a, like a community space or like a shared artist, artist type well, there's, space? Well, there's three of us that work out of it. And we just rent uh, uh, an old store and we oh, work cool. out of it. Yeah, like Jesse's a graphic designer and Noah edits video. He actually just made a movie. But uh, there's some other dudes in there too, but they they just kind of hang out there. But, uh, you know, started me- meeting people and making friends. Like I met my my dude Justo, who, who, who was a graffiti writer out of Albuquerque and him and I pal around like we work on projects like we're doing a project right now for 420 it's funny because I don't even smoke but we're doing a 420 thing coming out soon but uh you know starting to meet people and the first year was hard and that's the one thing I did here when I moved out there was just get through your first year it's gonna be miserable yeah you don't know what you don't know anybody like if like little things if you get a flat tire and you don't have AAA like what do you do you're on a six lane highway (laughs) and you can't call anybody you know what I mean like just little stuff like that it it was but after a while, you get used to it. Yeah, I haven't. I have no intentions of necessarily living out there. But my manager keeps on wanting to bring me out there for a few shows or whatever. And uh-huh. I'm just like, I don't know if that's the world for me. I want to do it to try it and go out there and see what it's like. But I already know that it's just like, like, like you said, like that becoming the asshole yeah. type of mentality that you need. It's just like that's not me or what. I'm about, but it's like, am I willing to like compromise that yet to be a part of that LA culture? Yeah. Well, let me tell you this, man. I I just, I, while you said that, I just made a conscious realization. I've just been talking shit on LA since we started talking. No, yeah, yeah, yeah. The good by far outweighs the bad, man. Like I'm just, I don't know what makes me knee jerk start telling you the bad stuff. Like if you were serious about your music, you need to go to LA or New York, you know, if, I don't know about what you do, but rap, but Atlanta, maybe. I don't know. My wife and I were career-driven. I want to be a successful, well-known artist. So I moved to L.A. Yeah. And it's helped my... Like, where I was in Pittsburgh to where I am now is night and day. Uh, you know, at the, the, the like, the main reason is because I'm surrounded by art 24-7 now. And it's not just my friend's art. It's fucking dudes who are known the world over being the best. And I walk down the street, and there's a mural a block from my street one of the best artists in the world. So I see that stuff. I'm like, Oh my God, I can't sit in my house and make little goofy shit for my friends anymore. I'm going to get nowhere doing that. Yeah. You know? And then there's also the fact that like, and it's shitty that this, this how pop or our society is, but just by me, by me being a Los Angeles based artist has really boosted my career. Like, Oh sure. You know, if I have buyers now over the world who they, they, they pride themselves and they own a piece by Los Angeles artist, Matt Gondek. You know, and I'm sure it'd be the same if I was in New York. But when I lived here in Pittsburgh, no one gave a shit that I was from Pittsburgh. You know, oh, I'm not, I'm not, I, I, I can vouch for that yeah. 100%. And I'm not talking shit on Pittsburgh at all, but Pittsburgh's not known as a creative hub yet. You know, so moving there has helped a lot. Like, just meeting meeting people who can give you opportunities. Like, the 1998 Bob's Burgers show. 
that guy saw a painting I did at another show there because he went there and saw it with his own eyes. You know, like, oh, you you exist and you live here. Oh, come come drive two miles down the street to 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 Melrose and talk to me. You know, you can't do that in Pittsburgh. Yeah. You know, so the good outweighs the bad. It it's hard. Like the first year is super hard. It's kind of like an RPG when you first go into a new area and you're a little too low level to fight the monsters and you really struggle at first using a lot of your equipment to get by. But then you keep fighting, you level up, and after a while you can kind of go toe-to-toe. And eventually the goal is you're like, oh shit, one hit, they die. You Sure, you don't get a lot of experience points anymore, but you just fucking breeze through it. That's what I'm trying to do with my life. Just trying to level up so high, like a level 70 <laughs> wizard. That's an awesome analogy. <laughs> it is. Um. Have you thought of that before? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I have thought about that. Yeah. Were you a video game guy growing up? Oh my! Still? I still am, dude. Okay. That's my one vice. I'm super focused on uh, art. I drink a little too much, and I like to play video games. I'm super into the Halo series. Uh, I was actually on the fence about buying the new Far Cry game, but I feel like I'm burnt out with those. I hear Tom Clancy's Division is super tight, but I was coming here and I had a bunch of work to do. I just didn't buy it yet. But I'm super into video games. Like real bad. Cool. I uh, I've been I bought Halo Five when it came out, and right, I just beat it on Legendary mode like three days before I, I I came here, so I was super stoked on that. It took me a long time. Yeah, I I was a huge video game kid all throughout high school, but then um, I didn't. I never. I whenever I made the I made the leap to PS3, <laughs> and I I played through whatever that awful Final Fantasy was that came out that had lightning in it. I think it was thirteen, maybe. So, I don't know. Never uh, seen the Final Fantasy. Yeah, and I and I was like, Ugh, I'm done with video games. Yeah, and then, but all my friends that are around me play all the time, and I'm up to date with it. I listen to a podcast that's all like video game related stuff for the most part. And, What's it called? Uh, completely unnecessary. Oh, I've never heard of that. Yeah, they they like all they talk about is like pop culture, video games, and wrestling. Oh, right on. Pretty much. It's, that's cool. It's rad. It's it's a good it's a good show. Cool, cool. I wish they uploaded more. They do like maybe one episode every other week. There's a there's a podcast called The Legacy Hour. It's on Nerdist.com. All they play is video game music from like the 90s. Nice. And like they'll pick a theme. Like today's theme is sports games or like fighting games. Do, do you did you ever play Streets of Rage? Yeah. Apparently their music is like on point by today's standards. Oh yeah, yeah. We were actually it's funny. Me and my friend at work we just listened to the Streets of Rage two soundtrack. That I didn't want to say two because I didn't want to get too into it in case yeah. I didn't know what that was. But yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Streets of Rage two. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They're like if you were in a club and they dropped that like level one, you'd be like, yeah, this makes perfect sense. This is playing. Oh yeah, <laughs> especially with like kind of all of the the renaissance of that shit. Like ever since like that movie Drive came out. Yeah. And like that style of music kind of got pushed up into the forefront again yeah yeah streets of rage 2 soundtracks fucking awesome <laughs> yeah it yeah, certainly is. i i um my day job i work at a record label and um so we're always like listening to music and stuff all the time and really keeping up to date with uh what other labels are doing and like vinyl reissues and stuff like that uh-huh. and there's a there's another label that's doing a vinyl reissue of the streets of rage 2 soundtrack that's how I found it. I think I saw it on Facebook. Yeah, and, that's what and we were like, really? Like, what? This is awesome. And then like, we put it on. We were like, yeah, this is tight. That's this cool. This is super, super tight. Yeah, fuck, man. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, everyone loves that nostalgia stuff, dude. So it makes perfect sense that I came back. But mm-hmm. I'm, I'm like, video games, one more time about that. On the plane right here, I played Metroid on my, my laptop. Uh, fuck, Metroid Fusion for Game Boy Advance. I played it the whole year. Super into Metroid, super into Earthbound. Never was into Final Fantasy. You could never get into it. Oh, then what was a, what was an Xbox 360 g- Skyrim? Oh yeah, I lost like half a year of my life to Skyrim, dude. <laughs> what a great game! Did you ever uh, do like the Warcraft? No, I played Warcraft two. I like back when it was like harvest gold, build like a little barrack. But the World of Warcraft never got into it because I knew I would get obsessed with it, so I just never went down that road. Yeah, oh, the funny thing actually about video games is my first, actually how I got got into making music was when i was in seventh grade uh mtv music generator came out for sony playstation one and it was like it was for playstation but it was like a step sequencing like electronic music production program yeah yeah and you could like you can like put samples into it and like actually write music and it was like the first time that i was actually able to make music you could import music into it yeah you could do like little short samples and that's stuff. dope that's pretty cool I didn't know all that. Yeah, I mean, like it was very, very rudimentary. Yeah, but, but you still. could do it, and it was awesome. That's, and that's really like, cool. That was how I got. That was like my first, like, oh wow, I can make music now, <laughs> and like playing video games, and then 
I did that was like when I was like like 12, 13. And then when I was 16, I got a job at Taco Bell, like bought my first beat machine. That's awesome. And then from there, went <laughs> went off. Just threw your life away into music. Yep. <laughs> yeah, way to go. It's like a, it's a whole like funny story. Actually, that's the reason why I have this Mortal Kombat tattoo is uh because... Oh, like, that, I was wondering what that other one was. It's Beetlejuice. I just yeah. pieced it together. It's upside down. Yeah. All right, Mortal Kombat. I'm listening. Um, yeah, I have this Mortal Kombat tattoo because... Like the first things I tried to draw when I was a kid were just like shitty rips offs of Mortal Kombat characters. All I do now is do shitty rip offs. <laughs> I'm listening. But uh, yeah, like that. And then drawing got me interested in graffiti. Mm-hmm. And then like through graffiti, I, I like met friends that did like hip hop and stuff. And then I got into making beats around that time. So it's like Mortal Kombat. I like it's like the hub of like everything that I do now. That's amazing. I feel. I just watched uh, Mortal Kombat. What was the second one called? Annihilation. On Netflix the other day, it's garbage. Yeah, but if you like it enough, it's all right. It's when garbage. I was a kid, I was super into it. Have you? Did you ever watch Mortal Kombat Conquest? No, I, know I was. What that is. I was literally just watching this last night. I know what that is. It was a live action TV show produced for USA in like the mid to late nineties, like ninety seven, ninety eight. It was like two two seasons long. Seriously? Yeah, Mortal Kombat Conquest. Look it up. It's like. It all, it all follows around like the uh the tournament cycle that happened before the first Mortal Kombat. Okay. So like Kung Lao's the main character, and uh, Raiden's in it, and Scorpion Sub Zero are in it. Uh, and then you have like Shang Tsung, but he's not that good yet. And then like Shao Kahn's in it, and Quan Chi. Like all those characters are that are like the the main like outworld badass guys are in it. But it like follows around like Kung Lao preparing. For the tournament. And it doesn't suck? It's like kind of bad. Okay. But like if you like Mortal Kombat at all. Yeah. You're, you're, you'll probably get into it. What's it called? Mortal Kombat what? Conquest. Okay. I'll look it up. Dude, there's like 30 episodes. Holy shit. shit. It was like a long, a long standing series. Damn, that's crazy. There's some pretty cool stuff that happens in it. I don't want to spoil it. But all yeah. Right. Yeah, don't spoil I like, it. Because I, I said I just, I just recently moved a couple months ago and I'm starting to get to like unpacking the DVDs and I found... I have like bootleg DVDs that I bought at some like comic book show. That's like, awesome. And I was like, yeah, I'm gonna watch this. And I, I was put, I was watching it last night That's while I was cool. working on some other stuff. Gotcha. I bet I'm your first guest to talk about this because it just came out. Let's talk about Pee Wee, the new Pee Wee movie. Yeah, I heard about this. I haven't seen it. Yet. I got one more. Let's let me. I'm gonna see both of them. Then we'll get into both. And Daredevil season two. Okay. You don't seem excited about that one. Well, the thing is, I don't make a lot of time to watch things. You just told me that you watched 30 episodes of a show from 1999. Well, I didn't watch all 30. I like put on the DVD and it was on when I was doing other stuff. Okay, all right. But no, um, especially like series of things, I have a hard time. I really want to watch Daredevil because I've heard nothing but good things about it. Okay. And I need to watch the Pee Wee thing. Pee Wee like thing a movie, is nice. A movie is easier for me to make a commitment to. Yeah, it's like an hour and a half. Like a whole series though. Is sometimes a little intimidating. That's for me. fair. That's fair. To like actually sit down and like take in something new. Yeah. You know, like I can't just like put Daredevil on in the background. Got you. But granted, it's like I accidentally like watched like five hours of that Flash TV show recently. Never watched it. I was at somebody's house and they had it on and I was just like kind of fucked up and just like I started watching and got really into it and then like I was like, holy shit, it's 530 in the morning. I should probably go home. Who does the Flash fight? Does he have like, does he, have, does he fight like like bad guys? Yeah. Yeah. On the show? Yeah. Like super villains with like powers. Or is it just like a guy who robbed the bank? Super villains. Who? I my only experience with this show was that one night and I don't know much about the character outside of that. So and He's DC, isn't he? Yeah. Is he Marvel? Is he's he, DC. No, he's DC. I I don't know shit about him. If he him. was Marvel, he'd have a movie. Quicksilver is there. Yeah, okay. Yeah. All right. <laughs> Pee-wee, Pee-wee's nice. It's just a nice time. You know what I... I and this is terrible in 2016, but at the time it came out, it was nice. Remember when Bill Cosby had that Comedy Central stand-up in like 20, 2013, and everyone was like, oh, that's really cute. It's nice that he has this. Like, it was nice that this person from your past, who's like this wholesome, nice person, is doing something, and that's what the Pee-wee movie is. Like, it's Pee-wee. He just being like his little Pee-wee self, and the movie's... It, the story's stupid, but it's Pee Wee, so it works. Yeah, it's just it's it's nice to watch. Joe Manganiello from Pittsburgh's in it like the whole time. The movie's uh-huh. about Joe Manganiello, really. He basically the movie is is, is Pee Wee lives in a town he's never left it, and Joe Manganiello he basically lives in California, 
Joe Manganiello invites Pee Wee to his birthday party in New York, so Pee Wee goes across country. That's the movie. It's cute. It's nice. You just need to watch it immediately, though. Okay. Nostalgia. So good. Yeah, I will need to do that. Mm-hmm. We could probably wrap up here. We've we've hit our mark. Let's do it. Let's wrap it up. Is there anything that you uh, want to say no. to, to your friends that are still listening? Thank I you. I figure for- in, in an hour in, it has oh. to be like the diehards that are still <laughs> here, right? Thank you for listening, Mom. <laughs> well, hey, thanks for doing this. No problem. Appreciate it. No good, problem. Good talking to you. You too, buddy. And that is all, folks. Thanks so much for listening. Hope you enjoyed the conversation. It's really, really cool to see somebody, you know, out there pursuing their shit, doing what they want to do, making a name for themselves, making a life, a new life, you know, from Pittsburgh out in L.A. And, hey, it's cool. It's not fucking impossible. Follow your dreams, be persistent, blah, 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 all that bullshit. You know how it goes. So, I'll be back again next week with another episode. Same time, same place, same channel. You know the drill. My name is Sykes. Start the beat. 2016. Woo! Woo! Thanks for listening.